Hey everybody, this is Ty with Grindstyle and Elevate. Today I'm going to be doing an interview with Steve Benson, the founder and CEO of Badger Maps Incorporated, which is a software company based out of San Francisco that allows salespeople to be able to put in their outside appointments and show you the most effective route and how to get from point to appointment. Pretty awesome. He's also the host and founder of the podcast Outside Sales Talk. So I'm going to jump into it with Steve right now. I hope you all enjoy. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for joining me on Grind, Sell, and Elevate. I'm happy to talk to you today. Uh, so those of you who don't know Steve Benson, he's the CEO of Badger Maps. Uh, Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, happy to do that, Ty. And thanks again for, uh, for having me on the show. This is fantastic. Um, I guess uh, a little bit about Badger Maps. And uh, what Badger Maps basically does is we help field salespeople build routes, see what's in their territory on a map, um, give themselves, figure out their schedule for the, for the week or the month or the day in a very uh, precise way. It's a tool. It's kind of like a, you know, a calculator, but for field salespeople who, you know, have traditionally been using a map and a calendar and a, uh, and we connect into the CRM if they have a CRM or we'll just upload their data from a spreadsheet if that's what they're keeping, keeping their customer data. But we basically do a bunch of busy work for field salespeople and they helping them drive a lot less and, and get more sales meetings with uh, the best people. Yeah. And I think it's incredible. We were talking just a little bit offline about the, the needs for that. And um, I'm super happy this is out there because it's something that our team can definitely implement. Uh, anybody who's got a wide territory, it's a definite need to help yourself to be a lot more efficient. Um, what are some of the, the new challenges as a sales leader that are needing to overcome in a bad economy that uh, they might not have been thinking about before? Well, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's a very different world right now than, than what we had been in for the last decade, right? I mean, it, it, the economy has turned from growing and healthy into, uh, into a recession and, and perhaps a depression, depending on where you want to draw, draw the line between those two things. But um, I think the first major challenge that salespeople are facing and sales leaders are facing right now is desperate competitors doing desperate things. So, you know, a lot of companies are, are really hurting right now and they're willing to do things they wouldn't have done before. And, yeah. and so you, you might see from your competitors, deep discounting liquidation of their inventory to make ends meet, um, giving away free consulting or free services or free other things of free uh, of value to steal your customers away from you to win deals that otherwise you would have won. And, and basically there's, you know, they're a lot more aggressive. I, the second major challenge I think that, uh, that salespeople are facing right now is new challenges from their, their prospects and their customers. Um, so there's, there's a resistance to making purchases that just wasn't there before. Uh, customers not wanting to engage, not wanting to meet in person. You know, if someone didn't want to take a meeting or, or really engage with you before, now they really have a fantastic excuse. And, you know, there's, a, there's been a tightening of the, uh, of the purse strings and there's just a, you know, so a resistance to spending money that's just, and, and that's often from the very top of these organizations, right? I think the sales reps are also running into really aggressive um, procurement 
offices, procurement policies. Uh, you know, procurement offices are, are, are really trying to leverage the down economy for discounts, for better terms. And uh, a lot of companies are therefore, and sales reps are, are therefore feeling, experiencing a jamming down of their margins. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with everything you just said. Um, other than, you know, negotiation training, how can sales managers react to bad economy uh, to their margin compressing? Well, yeah, I think, I think negotiation training is a great idea. I think that's something we can all, we can all brush up on as we, as we, you know, as the procurement department on the other side is ringing us like a, a wet rag, you know, be, be reminded that they'll stop ringing the, ringing the wet rag when the, when the wet rag stops giving water. Right. But I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, the, other than, than trainings of that nature, which are kind of, you know, that, that's an obvious thing to, to do right now. You, you might want to, if you're a sales leader and designing a comp plan, you might want to switch from a comp plan based on, on revenue to a comp plan based on margins. And, and that's, you know, a, a lot of industries are already, they already have a comp plan based on margin, but in, in, in some industries they're on revenue, which makes sense in a killer economy, right? But if you're, if you have a product with tightening margins and you need to defend those margins, um, and your reps are comped on revenue, you can consider switching to a plan that comps those reps on profit margin. And you know, the, the reason you do that, so let's, let's just say that your, your profit margin is a 30% and your reps give a 15% discount. Now you need two deals like that to be worth as much as, as the deal that you got for full price was um, in, in the good economy, right? And maybe people just paid full price or, or very little, weren't, weren't really pushing for discounts in the full economy and the good economy. But, you know, if, you're, if your rep's comp plan is aligned with revenue, then that 15% um, discount only costs them 15% of their commission, right? But if the comp plan is aligned with profit, that 15% discount that they just gave just costs them half their commission. So if you are a designer of comp plans and you um, align the comp plan with profit, then that, then, uh, then, you know, you're, 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 you're going to end up having a, having a plan that is much more, much better aligned with your business. And, and I'm not saying change what you pay your reps or change their on target earnings that you're designing the comp plan for. I, I'm just saying that if you change, if you make this change, then then you're, you're you'll end up paying out the same amount, but you'll you'll end up rewarding your reps that are doing a better job of defending the the profit margins. Yeah, I think that's super important, um, and that was one of the things that it, interesting enough that you said this, it struck me. So when I when I came out of college, I worked for Enterprise Rent a Car, and as an assistant manager, we were paid off of front end revenue growth, and I came out of college in two thousand seven. Uh, late 2007 spring, right? So I really entered the workforce and going into 2007 fall into 2008. And everybody knows what happened in 2008, right? So I was a promoted in 2008 as a, an assistant manager who got paid commission off of revenue. And by and large, I had number three sales office out of 80. And I was pushing my reps for doing a great job. Um, but because the economy was tanked, there wasn't anything I could do to control revenue. So I felt really, actually really deflated uh, yeah. because we were down so much. And so it actually, it, it helped it, they lost a lot of people and because they instructed their, it had their business model that way, 
get people to leave and then they had to lay off people. So I think that having people focus more on profit margins and having them train them how to make money probably would have circumvented them having to one lay off people and two would have had people leave as far as from a retention standpoint because they lost me and I was a top producer. That way I went, that's my yeah. insurance. Well, and that's that's frankly another thing that the designer of comp plans should think about right now is you want to be care you want to be careful about sticking with the same comp plan that because the plan has changed right like yeah. just like the the CFO is allowed to sit tell investors right now yeah so we were planning I know I told you in January that my plan for the year was to was to hit this revenue no- number and this profitability number but that's all changed it's also fair for that company to turn to their sales team and say, so we're lowering the goals and, and you, cause you want your reps to be made whole, right? You don't want all your reps to, to, you know, not make money. And so if, if a company can, cause you'll lose the best ones, right? Ultimately you, you given what has happened, you, the sales plans are often designed wrong right now. And, and you should look at them again and, and, uh, and consider lowering the bar and lowering the goals for your reps to make their on target earnings. Because frankly, people aren't selling as much and it's not the reps fault. And if you don't, if, if you have the ability and you're in a competitive market where, you know, you want to keep your best reps like insurance, you know, people walking out, out the door with their books of business, right? Like then you, you may want to con- consider, uh, changing the, changing the comp plan around to, to better reflect what the economy is doing today for then when you, then when you had designed the comp plan. Yeah. That makes, makes total sense. Um, what do sales leaders need to change in their behavior in a time of crisis to keep uh, revenue flowing? Well, I think, um, you know, the, an economic crisis is probably the hardest time to be a sales leader, right? The, the whole company depends on the revenue that your team produces to survive. So, Sales leaders, you know, really need to step up in a, in a time of crisis, like like no other time, I think. So, uh, so what do we have to change? The I think now more than ever, sales leaders need to confront reality and be action oriented. They need to be honest in their assessments of what are the challenges facing their organization. They need to embrace the bad news. They need to ask the hard questions. Uh, they need to keep a positive outlook. Uh, and they need to be, they need to have an action plan that is really transparent with their team and, 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 and help everyone understand what that plan is. Um, they should think about being responsive. They should think about, you know, how, how can they support and help their sales reps? You know, the team is, the team is personally probably scared. They're worried about losing their jobs. Yeah. They're worried about how hard it is to get another job. They're worried about their commission check about evaporating overnight. And, and remember your reps weren't, paying their mortgage with their base, right? So now that the sales are in the toilet and, and then they aren't for everybody, but they are for a lot of people, um, you know, people are, are really hurting. So it's, they, they, you, have to, you have to communicate this stuff with your team. You can reassess the KPIs that you're using to measure your team. You know, um, the, the, maybe the, the KPIs that you were using before, like you were just looking at revenue, which is kind of a lagging KPI, revenue, the revenue you're getting today is because of the work you've done for the last three months or six months or one month, depending on your sales cycle. But uh, you, you may want to look at some other things like uh, as well to kind of measure who's, who's working and who's being successful and who's not. Um, I think coaching more coaching. I think no one's spending enough time guiding and coaching and teaching their teams. 
you know, ask yourself, am I spending 50% of my time coaching my reps? And if not spend more time because that, you know, there's, there are challenges that the, the, the world has shifted underneath us. And, and that is a time when you have to help people understand the shift, help them sell in the new world. And, and as a leader, you're the one that's best, uh, best set up to do that. Um, and figure out who's being successful and replicate that and, 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 and even empower them to teach the rest of the team. Hey, I was, I found this the sales play that's working. It's on this type of company. We're, we're able to make sales. And so I, and here's how I found him. Here's how I approached him. And, and here's how I was successful. Have and replicate that with the rest of the team. Um, you know, so many, so many sales leaders are just hiding behind their desks right now or, you know, hiding, hiding behind their zoom. You know, they're, they're silent. They're, they're not, it's easy to slip into silence in a remote world. And I think, uh, instead, you know, you, you want to, you want to engage your reps and help them be successful. And, uh, you know, it, you've got to understand what's going on at the ground level so that you can steer the ship. So you really have to engage and try twice as hard now as you ever have. Yeah. I love that sentiment because it's something that doesn't, I mean, I've worked uh, for three multi-billion dollar companies. I've been in sales for 15 plus years and most people do not do sales training every single day. And, um, I can tell you for my team, uh, we start work at eight and at 8 AM, if you're 801, you're going to hear from me. Uh, but eight o'clock we do sales training for a half hour every day. Uh, oftentimes it goes over because it's, it's so uh, important, whether it's a good economy or a bad economy for sales leaders to continue to give tidbits to their sales team, one to help them motivate two to help them learn from each other. Right. And three for you, like if you typically are a sales leader, you're there for a reason because you've had success in that job. And so it's, a, it's really important to continue to have that sales training. For me, I think every single day. I don't know, how, you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I absolutely think, think uh, that you need more training, more coaching right now. Um, you know, I, and, and coaching can be a lot of things, right? It can be pre-call strategizing, it can be post-call debriefs. You can join calls, go on ride-alongs, virtual ride-alongs. You can, you know, walk through specific opportunities with with your team. With and, you know, anything that you're doing with your reps to make them better counts as coaching, and it counts towards that fifty percent rule of thumb I'm talking about, right? I mean, it's so important to uplevel your team's skills in a tough economic time like this, because you know, it's a time of change and they need to be, they need to be coached through the change. And, you know, and, and, and I think different, different industries are going to need different types of coaching, right? There's not like one thing that everybody needs. I guess every, everybody probably needs, uh, <laughs> everybody probably needs uh, negotiation training, I guess is one that, uh, that is probably a, an important one. Um, on my, uh, there's a great, I actually have, uh, I brought, uh, Chris Voss on my podcast oh, and he I was does, just thinking of him when he said that. Yeah, he, yeah. he does. He, he does. He, it's funny actually of all my, of all my podcasts that I've ever recorded, you know, that was, I think I got like a hundred over the past couple of years. Like the, the, his was the number one most popular and he, he's, he does one on negotiation and that's, it's really worth checking out. He, he is good. It's, it's worth the uh, 45 minutes. He, uh, he, 
I I like did the podcast and then I like went back and listened to the raw footage. So I was like, Jesus, listen to this guy. He's <laughs> <laughs> he's he he's a stud. Um, no. But uh, but yeah, I I like uh, I, I would check that out. Um, my the podcast is outside sales talk and just look at the Chris Voss one. He's he's killer. Um, awesome. But uh, but yeah, everybody needs negotiation training right now. But you know how to defend your margins how to sell the value, you know, everybody can, everyone can freshen up on that. I think everyone needs coaching on building pipeline. I think we all need a bigger, thicker pipeline right now. Um, and we also have to rethink who are we selling to? Who are we prospecting into? Is this, is this our, you know, it's a bad economy now and maybe our, our target has shifted our ideal person, the best buyer for our product or service. Maybe it was this person, and sometimes this person, but now it's the guy that was sometimes is the one that we need to go after all the time. And, yeah. you know, um, so that, that I think everyone can kind of rethink that. And, and I think, I think coaching is super important right now. So you guys know, obviously I have my own podcast and I get asked a lot, you know, how do you make your podcast? How do you get started on that? And I will tell you, Anchor is the best source for making your podcast. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. The best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now you can match Anchor with great sponsors who will advertise your podcast for you. That means you can get paid to do a podcast right away. So in fact, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing and reading this right now, this ad that you're listening to. Uh, So if you're interested in creating your own podcast and or looking how to monetize it, then Anchor is the best way to go. Check it out. So, I mean, staying on that, how can a company change their messaging to build a pipeline and resonate more with their prospects in a recession? Um, well, I think I think if I, when you think about messaging, the, in a down economy, you need to change your messaging from what it has likely been during the good economy. And, you know, I think what the messaging that I see people using all the time is we'll help you do better at X, Y, Z. So, you know, and I, I think that's, that's kind of, everybody wants to do better in a, in a good economy. Now we kind of, now, now we want to do something different. We want to do, we need to do more because we've lost, we've often lost something and we have less to do it with. So I think the messaging needs to change from we'll help you do better to we will help you do more with less. And then from there, the sales rep needs to show the prospect how much more in terms of dollars they'll help them do more with less. And, and, you know, it could be less money, could be less manpower, could be less resources, but they have to do more with less. And, I, and, and then when I say messaging, I mean, what's at the top of your rep website? I mean, what your reps are going to market and saying and what they're communicating, what's on their slide decks, you know, everywhere. But, you know, we, we just went through this exercise, uh, um, and I didn't come up with this idea, the whole more with less did some, someone smarter than me did, but, uh, but I, <laughs> but, but I, I heard this and like, was like, oh yeah. And I took it and I went to my, my marketing team and, and had a meeting about it and had a meeting with the sales team about it. But we changed our messaging from, oh, it was it? I guess we'll, we'll help you sell 20% more with your field sales team. And we changed the message to with Badger Maps, your outside sales team can generate the same revenue, even though the team is 20% smaller. And 
you know, those are very similar messages, but there's a yeah. huge difference. And one of those messages is going to resonate way more with prospects and customers in a down economy. Right. No, I, to I totally, totally agree with that. And you've got a lot of, obviously, ex experience and expertise in field sales. You know, obviously, you run Badger Maps, a software company. Um, how do you start to bridge having no face-to-face -face visits, especially, you know, when you're throwing out your sales pitch, so the customer experience of the product is kind of the same, you know, how do you start to bridge that gap from pr providing that, you know, in-person experience versus not in-person and like this, Zoom? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think not being able to meet face-to-face -face is really hurting a lot of companies right now. Yeah. Some things are just best sold face-to-face, -face, which is why they were selling them that way, right? That, so now fewer deals are closing. It's harder to communicate the value. Sales cycles are, they just take longer. Um, you know, the relationship was important and it's just hard to get to know someone. It's hard to really connect over these awkward video calls and you know phone calls are just it's not as personal mm -hmm. um you know i think it, it, sales are just down because people can't and for a lot of companies that we're going to market with field sales people it's just it's really it can it's made a lot harder to sell when you can't have field your field sales team right and so right. i think the best thing to do is stay productive keep generating new sales cycles and and work to move those existing sales cycles that you have downfield um even though you can't demo your product in person focus on the year then like you're focusing your success in the next year rather than your success in the next month um and because you know i i liken this to to setting up bowling pins right you you normally we set up 10 bowling pins and we roll the ball down the alley and and knock as many of them down and that's our month right but we might not be able to throw as many balls, but we can still keep setting up the bowling pins and eventually we're gonna to get to throw that throw the ball and knock down, you know, 40 pins with one roll instead of instead of the you know having only the usual 10 set up. And that's when when you know you are able to get back out, com you know, companies are open to to engaging because it this this is a this is a special recession in that you know it that we we will eventually get a a uh not a cure, but a, you know, a shot for it. And, sure. and we'll, and we'll be able to, you know, kind of walk out into the sunshine again. Right. And yeah. things are, things are probably for a lot of industries kind of screwed until that happens for some industries, they're better off for some. And I, I guess it's a spectrum, you know, very few are better off, but some are in fact better off. Some are totally screwed and everyone else is kind of somewhere in the, in between. Mm -hmm. And, on average, the GDP is down 11% or something, right? So on, on the, in aggregate, we're all, we're, everything's down, but there are winners and losers within that. Um, I think, uh, you know, focus on filling the top of the funnel. So the middle and end are where the problems are probably going to show up the most, you know, people just not closing or people having more objections that you can't hurt not getting not being it's harder to get all the all the decision makers on on board with something there's reasons for them not to get on board like you know the CFO doesn't want to spend money for example because they don't have it and so it's a good time to do more prospecting build more lists get awareness up in your territory uh, build relationships with uh, and and rethink that ideal customer and build relationships with that new ideal customers 
in any way that you can. I think social selling, it's a great time to invest in social selling skills. This is a, and this is a topic big enough for, well, there's been many books on it, but um, I've had like four or five like social selling gurus on my podcast in the last like four months. Mm -hmm. And these guys all have like, they, they all have kind of different takes on, on social selling and like how to go about doing it. But um, I've, I've found those to be really helpful and hearing those guys be really, really helpful. Um, you know, they're, they're, they, uh, they, they've got, there are very clever tactics and, and like strategies that you can use to generate leads, deepen relationships with existing customers. Um, but if, if you, if you do social media just right now, and, and we've seen some good, we've seen some great results. Um, well, I won't say great results. I'll say we've seen good results, better than I would have expected results out of, out of what we've done there. So I'd recommend everyone rethink their, what they're doing on social and, and see what, what more you could do. Um, that's, uh, I, I think that, 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 that's, that's what I've got for, uh, for, for people who are, you know, going to market predominantly with field salespeople and, and can't right now. Yeah. I think that the social selling too, um, it's interesting you know, being in 2020, uh, everybody's right. Got their phone in their hand. Everybody's got an Instagram or face, especially where you're at. Uh, you know, and, and, and we talked about that because it's close to my heart since I, I grew up about 80 miles north there. Um, but, you know, everybody's got the ability to, to jump on. And it's amazing to me. And uh, out of the tech bubble, how many companies do not take advantage of the social selling aspect? I mean, I mean just something as simple as like having a built out LinkedIn profile. You know, it, it's that that is like is mind boggling to me in 2020 that people don't have an up to date LinkedIn profile with at least their company email address or their direct phone number. Right. And it's, it's super important. I just read a really great book by Tony Hughes. Uh, we had my team read it. We do a monthly book club uh, combo prospecting. And it, like for me, I can never get away from the phone because the phone is like if you want immediate results, you got to be able to pick that thing up. And you got to call. If you're just relying on email or DMing people, in my opinion, you're not going to be nearly as successful as if you're calling, emailing, and using social. So it has to be this blend of how people, sales got to where they're at today versus the technology that people are providing like yourself, you know, with Badger Maps, and you've got things like LinkedIn that you can combine all these different things to make you way more efficient, reach more of a targeted audience to help your sales number. So it's got to be a blend. I just don't think a lot of people really hone in on and they're all like all in on technology with like, I've got my automated email. Well, then you're not a salesperson, you're an order taker, right? Yeah. Versus, you know, you still got to make the, you still got to build the relationships, which, which you've hit on a lot, which is really important to be able to learn how to, to combine both. So it's really important. Absolutely. Um, one thing that jumped out at me was the power of having like, having having more of like a corporate strategy around or a group strategy around LinkedIn. Cause you don't want to, you know, all, you know, all 50 of your reps aren't going to listen to, you know, the five podcasts that, that I have on social selling and they're not sure. going to, each one of those people that came on those podcasts have a book. They're not going to read all those, those five books, right? Like that's right. not a reasonable thing to ask. However, you can, you can have one person at the company, um, you know, or, create like a free person task force or, or whatever to kind of sift through the best practices and then come up with a, okay, for our company, for our industry, this is, this is 20 
bullet points of things that we should have every single sales rep on the team doing to their LinkedIn profile, for example. Yeah. Um, we should be creating great pieces of content as, a, as an organization that every sales rep can share with their networks. And, you know, because in their network is some guy that you talked to three years ago, but really haven't talked to before, but they see your, but you are connected on LinkedIn and you and getting that great piece of content out there that can remind them that you exist. It can deepen the relationship. It can make them trust you more. If you, even if it's just something that helps them out, but doesn't, uh, it's not even about your product, right? right. I, I think that that doing that, do, making that and making that happen at the corporate level is something every company can, can, that has, 10 sales reps can do, you know, but don't, don't ask each sales rep to do it themselves and figure out, you know, boil the ocean and figure out what they should be doing. Have them, give them a list of, Hey, do these 20 things. It'll take you, you know, 45 minutes. And, and, and but we figured out that these four, these, these four, these 20 things are the ones that will, will make the biggest in, impact and then keep giving your rep stuff to share. That's really, that's really helpful. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Be able to provide valuable content for your your sales reps is key as an organization. Uh, you know, like we've been talking about, communication is a super important uh, in a crisis, which we're in the middle of, with 41 million people having lost their jobs. What are some of your thoughts around you know uh, how a sales leader kind of needs to change their communication in these times? Yeah, well, it's uh, and we're we're in a real mess here, right? And 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 in these times, you know, people's imaginations can get the best of them, and and particularly within large groups, I think you know, there's got there's there's frequently gossip of impending doom that is powerful. It travels quickly, and and it can lead to people making rash decisions and um, you know, morale problems, and, and and sometimes this isn't even just in their imaginations, right? Like you know. A lot of companies are running low on cash reserves. A lot of people, you know, they're, it's, it's clear to see, well, we were making $45 million a quarter and now we're making 30. Uh, that's a, it's a real problem because yeah. that's where that's, we paid salaries with that extra $15 million. Like that was, we were doing stuff with that. Um, so, you know, I think sales leaders in these times, they need to communicate with their team in a transparent, realistic and an optimistic way. They need to give their team an action plan that will will put their fears to rest, but at the same time let them focus on selling because that you know that that revenue is the lifeblood of the business, right? Um, people want safety, they want security. Uh, as a, and you know, as a sales leader, you're responsible for the base layer of people's pyramid of needs. I guess I call it you know the like money to pay for the food that they're and the, their, their house with and their health care uh, and you're, you're, you're ultimately you're responsible for their long-term financial security. And so, you know, and, and, and not to mention you're, you, they're, they're getting things that are higher up on the pyramid from, from their, their career too, you know, their enjoyment of life, you know, not their, their wants, not just their needs. Right. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of, uh, well, I, I guess you're, you're, you have a key responsibility to communicate clearly with them and truthfully with them, uh, you know, about this stuff. You know, they, 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 sorry, I'm, I'm struggling with how to say this. Like you, you need to be, even if the, the, the news is really bad and things are really bad, you have to be truthful and open and honest that they are really bad and what's going to happen because 
you know, they, they, you know, they have to be able to make decisions and, if, and, 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 and plan accordingly. And if you're not being transparent, people can tell and they're, you know, they're going to, they're going to spend all their time worrying about the worst things that can possibly happen where maybe it's, maybe it's not the very worst, but it's pre- maybe it's pretty bad, but not the worst. And so, you know, you want to be truthful and honest. You, you want to tell them the immediate term plan, the midterm plan and the long-term plan. And, and then how those talk about how those plans change based on these different external factors, which frankly are out of your control too. Like as a sales leader or as a leader of a company or whatever, you're the recession or the depression or whatever, it's out of your control. And, you know, so it's, but, but you can tell them, Hey, you know, if it's a small recession, then this is how this is going to affect us. If it's, if it's prolonged, you know, then we're going to have to do these things and you need to make them feel comfortable and feel like they know what to expect as, you know, as a result of your clarity. I think you want to be having daily huddles with your team at the same time every day. Like you're talking about meeting everybody at eight in the morning. I think you want to work to bring people together and keep them connected while they're apart. I think that uh, you want to help keep them focused on the KPIs that matter and they want to, and you want to help them see how everyone else is doing within their with their KPIs, which is, you know, more kind of like a transparency thing as well. Um, you want to help, you want to enable them to share what success stories there are. You want to help them get support that they need guidance. Um, but yeah, I think there, you know, it's, it is, it, like I said, it's a very challenging time to be a, a, uh, a sales leader. And I think, but that communication is one of your most important jobs right now, steering the ship and and describing and communicating how that how that ship is being steered why that ship is being steered that way and what direction you're going yeah i, I agree with that and i think that that's something um you know that one of the things I, I learned from grant cardone who i'm a, a, a huge fan of is having the transparent uh, transparency and honesty with like your, your clients right and like you just talked about and you got to have that with your reps like if you're a sales leader and you're bullshitting them they're gonna know you're bullshitting them like they know, you know, if you start to pull back on expenses and travel, they know there's something's up. They know there's something on, especially if there starts to be. So it's just like the more honest I think you can be with people, the more buy-in you get with your team, which is just as important because on the other side of this, you want your relationships with your team like you do with your clients to be more solidified and understanding that while we're going through the shit that you are there for me and that you're honest with me and you're transparent. And so I think you, know, you really, you just hit on all those key factors. It's super important. Um, and the last question I, I, I have for you, Steve, is you know, your relationship with your clients are everything, uh, right? Because they're the ones that are giving you a job, your clients. So how, how are these starting to change in these times and what do you do to start to really strengthen these? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, the 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 everybody's talking about empathy right now and that's that's a pretty obvious you know deeper empathy um and and you know that's one thing that helps with that is that we all have one one uh, big thing in common right now right but it but it's it is a a it's a it is a harder time for relationship building than than normal especially if you're used to being able to get face-to-face with customers now you can't um and I think in this new world, you know, you may feel less trust, less customer loyalty. You may notice 
sales cycles becoming longer, like we talked about. And, you know, so how do you work against that? I think the one key strategy that I would recommend for salespeople on this is to leverage their sponsor. So, you know, you need someone if, and, and this is tr more true, the more complex the sale that you have, you need someone to be your eyes and ears within an organization in order to be successful. Um, you know, your, your sponsor is rarely the only decision maker right now. And especially with how tight the purse strings are, whoever holds them often is, is holding them a lot tighter and your sponsor needs to be able to justify what they want to do to them. If they, if they want to make a purchase, make a change. Um, so you should sit down and, and have a, have a call with your sponsor before uh, meeting with the broader groups. And this is good to do anytime, but it's especially important to do now, but try to uncover what objections that your sponsor thinks there's going to be from all the other decision makers and, and all the other influencers in the meeting right. so that you can get ahead of them and address those during the meeting. Um, you know, you, you want to subtly prepare them on a pre-meeting call of that nature to bring up these key questions and, and, and maybe you'll, you, maybe you have, maybe you encourage them to make a key point, uh, to facilitate discussion, uh, because they, you know, your sponsor wants this to happen too and sees the value, but you know, they, they're going to have a tough time, a tougher time, uh, getting the, getting everybody on board in, in these times to get something really done. Um, I think, you know, in general, your, your relationship with your sponsor is much more important when you're pitching remotely because you can't read the room and get all the information that you can in a face-to-face -face situation, right? You can't read people's body language. You, you lose some of that natural chit-chat that builds rapport. Um, you, you, you might not get the relationship in place with every decision maker that you would have been able to get in person. So, Right. you really need your sponsor to help and, and to follow up with decision makers and influencers because they have access to them and you might not, you might not have the same access, but you need them to get that access to get genuine feedback and almost work on your behalf and, and, and work to get the, the deal moving towards closure. Um, but yeah, you know, sales feels harder in these times and, and that's because it is right. It's just, it, it is harder. Um, but that's 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 our job and is to keep bringing revenue in and even in tough times or good times but that's right. uh that's that's really the i think the key to that great well that's i think you're right there you can't stop just because it's a it's a recession it's a hard times because i think that the people you know uh, the thing that I, i've talked about um a lot uh, is that you got to be omnipresent still right you got to be everywhere and anywhere and if you're, you hit it, the more you can show empathy, but really the more that you're just there, the more you're going to be relevant on the other side of this. Um, so I appreciate chatting with you today, Steve. Where can people find you? I and mean, you've got your, your podcast and anywhere else they can find you that would be good to, to find you and the information you're putting out. Yeah. Um, the podcast outside sales talk is a great place to, to hear from, from me if, you know, specifically if you're, in outside sales, obviously it's less, yeah. less helpful if you're in inside sales, but, um, but yeah, the, uh, you know, finding, getting a hold of me, LinkedIn's probably the best place to do that. Um, just Google Steve Benson, Badger maps or, you know, LinkedIn, Steve Benson, Badger maps, you'll find me. And, um, the first, uh, the first result on Google is actually a mass murderer. That's not me. Okay, good. <laughs> Dif good. Different Steve, 
I'm glad we clarified that. <laughs> <laughs> different Steve Benson. Different Steve yeah, Benson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm the I'm the software one. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, and and if you're interested in Badger Maps and, and want to know what we do for field salespeople, there's uh, we we solve a bunch of their problems, and, and you can see what they get to know about, more about that at our website. It's badgermapping.com. Um, but yeah, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Steve. It's been a uh, great chatting with you. And everybody, please go listen to his podcast. There's going to be a lot of takeaways. If you are an outside sales, uh, please do check out Badger Maps. We talked about offline and how much it would help my sales team. So it's something that we will be actively engaging with, especially if you've got a, a wide territory. It will help your efficiency, which is needed uh, a tremendous amount when you're out on the road, way more than you can ever can possibly conceive. So uh, thanks so much, Steve, for your time today. Yeah, really yeah, yeah, and, and I, I will add, uh, just mention mention the podcast, but then that you heard about it on the podcast. Uh, you know, just meant grand sell elevate on uh, to one of my sales reps, and they'll when you talk to them, and they'll give you two months free to kind of really kick the tires and make sure it really works for for your team and and really uh, helps out. Make make sure you're really it's it's a, the right fit for you before you have to make a commitment or anything. Cool. No, I really appreciate that. And we'll put all that in show notes as well. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you.